I don't wanna go to work I just wanna chill and play All day Look him dead in the face and say I wish I could just be still asleep while you work Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jobs Blow podcast with Brianna and Josh. The podcast for dreamers with day jobs. We are so glad to be back once again for the 39th time, I think, now at Comic Strip Live in New York City for yet another episode. Yes, and remember, while this podcast was born out of the frustration of working a day job, we're hoping to provide some inspiration in your pursuit of your dream job as we pursue ours. Hi, Brianna. Hi, Josh. Yes, it's Big 3-9. Yeah, can you believe it? We did it. I we know. did it. We, we came up it. with this about a year ago, or you did, and then we put it together, researched, and here we are, four, almost 40 episodes in in yes. a year. Give me yes. a high five. High yep. five. And that, before people? the year's over, we should, God damn it, Josh. <laughs> Keeps <laughs> dropping my phone off the table. Just don't even, just oh put God, it up there. Oh, God, this happens now regularly. Regularly, he's just dropping my phone. Um, but um, before the end of the year, we'll get over, we'll make it to over 40. Not, yeah. not 50, but we'll, we'll make it to over 40. But that's good. You know, we basically we took off a couple of holiday weeks, and that makes sense. And, you know, yeah. I'd say. Well, f- we didn't start until we launched it was January. in February. Oh, it was we February, launched. but it was four episodes. So we're yeah. like four, so like I think 40, 42 episodes yeah. is a good first season, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being that it's Thanksgiving week, we're giving thanks, thanks to our guests, to, our, to guests. our guests, and our audience. Thank yeah, you so much. We totally are, and and that's kind of the point of this week's episode is that you know thank you to our audience for checking in with us and letting us know that one particular guest had such a compelling story you wanted to hear more. So we brought him back this week to ask more questions and hear more about his adventures and his insight. So that's why today's episode is, is called. Success in the Second Act, Take Two, with Peter Marshark of Marshark Craft. Excellent. Hi, Peter. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. Thank you. So look at that. Yeah, see, I have to talk really close into the mic. Yeah, get, like, see, you already like know. BLS, the like old uh, deep throat. The mic just. Yeah. To get we should have people back all the time. Now they know what the now what they know what to do. Yeah, and then just make up stories. No, yeah, I can, just keep that's it. fine. But. Honestly, I mean, uh, it it's really is a testament to uh, what we're trying to do here and that we're striking a chord with people and your story is one that really stood out. And, you know, thanks for making the time to come over here again. Sure. And Josh, Josh, before we jump in, before we jump in with Peter, yeah. how, what's going on with you? Oh, what's going on with me? You know, it's weird. This happened last year, too. But and I know I, I think I talked about this last week, but I keep getting these like camp director opportunities you have another one yeah potentially probably not gonna happen but like it it is funny that that's like part of my world and my life and my experience summer camp yeah like i could see you like in the shorts and like the The suspenders and the little shirt get off of that tree (laughs) what are you doing uh but i'm good like that it was always so much fun that really takes me back we should talk about my camp experience uh in new hampshire oh really yeah oh yeah yeah. my sister was in the sister camp i was in the i mean all those sleep away like summer camps up in the mountains in New York State, Connecticut. Yeah, Vermont, they can't do that anymore. It's too expensive. No, I used to I go for two months. For two months? Oh my they God. Still do you do have it. any idea? Do you know my, uh, one of my cousins owns a camp and I won't say the price, but the amount that he charges per kid for two months of summer, honestly, is like some, some colleges don't charge. Dude, that. I was the youngest kid at Camp Kenwood. I was so little that when they took the camp picture, like I was on someone's lap. Right. I mean, wow. my parents really wanted to get rid of me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like you never think about it. Too. You think about how great camp was, but you're like, what did my parents do? Well, meanwhile, in Ohio, all oh. we had for reference was Friday the 13th movies. We were like, fuck yeah. that. It's we're, a very we Jewish have no thing, interest. too. Yeah, it is you know, it, 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 I know like more people participate in that, but especially when we were growing up and, you know, and I, it, I mean, it was like almost everybody was, it was like everyone just and then like one Japanese kid. It was like very strange. <laughs> Who spoke no English, by the way. So the whole time you're like, what is he saying? Just hit the ball. Just swing at the ball. Anyway, so we, so it's a weird opportunity. But who knows? You know, it's it's a huge commitment. But uh, let's talk about the bigger news. What did you do this week? Oh, yes. The pilot that I'm in won again. It won again. Thank you. Happily Ever Alley was at New York City TV Festival and I'm one of the main characters, at least as of now, until they they swap me out. But uh, we won again. Best comedy, best actress. So, I mean, I know Elise is like really trying. TV? TV show, like a pilot, sitcom pilot. Why didn't you tell me this? 
Uh, did we talk about it last time? I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't know. So that's two festivals now. We won Best Comedy, and and we're gonna see. We're gonna. She's gonna try to. Peter pitch it might around. know people. Yeah, man. We need just looking for for people to pitch it to it. Some networks or streamings. Whatever. That's way above my. Yeah, no, but or you know <laughs> if we if you know anyone, he'll cater the meeting. Yeah, yeah. 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 that I can do. I can. Yeah. Yeah. So that was ex- that was super exciting, and uh, the holidays are coming up. So I know that's exciting too. What about you? What's going on with our cookie company? Well, I mean, it looks. Like I'm going to be going full time in January. All right, so, so it's a good it's one. Good. It's yeah, a good no, meeting it's, today. it's good news. It's good, good news. We'll, I, we'll, we'll still have a sponsor for our yeah, show. Michelle Augustine. Yeah. Am I saying it right now? Well, you know, it, How it's do you pretty say close. It? Well, I use the American way of Which Michelle is? and Augustine because. But what's the French? How would you say Michelle it? Michelle et Augustine. That's not even good in a, a no, little bit. I, I, I'm Michel, not good. You have to uh, Michelle Augustine. I don't pretend. <laughs> I, I I go straight. You know, I'm from the Midwest with a terrible accent. She's like, so. I am not pretending to be French, just no. eat the cookies and write about them. Yes, yes, good. exactly. All right, Peter, how are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm good. It's a short week for us. That's good. Um, you know, everything runs smooth in my company now. So it's like my, uh, we go there every morning to my warehouse and my partner and I look at each other. We talk to our manager and then we look at each other and we both say, okay, now what are we going to do? <laughs> You know? That's a nice. No. That's a nice place to be. In business. We go to. The, I go to sets. He goes to sets. Sure. We talk to everybody. We make sure everything's running smooth. And around the holidays, you know, especially, we did a lot more last year for Thanksgiving. But you know, we buy a lot of turkeys, and the chefs do the whole turkey thing. Actually, I think on FBI tomorrow we're just doing sushi. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. FBI. Do I know that yeah. show? FBI. It's a new kind of cop drama. Oh. Uh, Dick Wolf. Oh, is Dick it? Wolf, oh, yeah. Okay. It's going to be a, a bunch success. of my friends it's have been Dick on it, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going to be. What is it on? NBC? Yeah, NBC Universal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, All right, well, right, right. Peter, so we had people reach out who were really just so impressed with your story, um, but they just felt like they needed more information. You didn't give them my phone number. I we did. did I did. Oh, I gave Josh may your have. Phone oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I put together a list of questions that um, we received, and um, it's interesting because I think... There are a lot of different aspects to your story, and some people really want to know. I mean, you lived a life that none of us can really compare. Like, you were at Studio 54, and that's something that's so legendary um, in history. It also seems like a totally separate disconnected life from what you're living now but it's not obviously because it's one life you know so like more of that like story and that connection and that journey is I think what people were really yeah and I think realizing that maybe you weren't in the best place of your life at the time and you know you were headed even in darker places but you were still in I was play. having fun back you then. were and you even mentioned to me what you just saw a documentary on Ralph Lauren yeah, yeah. and you knew those people and well, you were part of the like the scene the fashion shows and the runway stuff yeah back in when when he when he started no no he's way older than i am no but i didn't know when he finally (laughs) i don't know when he started like in the 60s really self-made man selling ties yeah but no um you know i think the whole thing about studio 54 is is very cool but it's also blown out of proportion to the generational thing for me i used to think back what was it like in the 20s in paris you know mm-hmm. when the painters were there and in, in before the 20s you know yeah. and and all that was fascinating to me so now people that are in generations like my kids or that were not a part of that the 70s you know oh i wish i wish i could go back to the 70s it sounds like it was so cool it was all right it was you know it's what you have to work with at the time but did they and, say that about the 80s or the 90s well, i don't feel probably, like it's just like i feel like by the 80s by the 80s you know it was falling apart for me you know so no but i'm saying like generations since studio 54 has there been something like well not as freewheeling probably there's just so much more technology like maybe i wanted to be at live aid in 1985 yeah yeah less less freedom like that even now like you know i was hiding out at someone's house during live aid i watched it while i was couldn't go back to my apartment because I was in such trouble. Wow. Like I was just thinking about like your kids now. Like you used to send your kids outside so that you could get a break for a little bit, go outside and play and get there. Now I have to plan the play date so I can go with them 
to the other person's house. I can't just send my kids off anymore. It's just the more control, more, more, more. It's like, so th- well, that I kind think, of freedom didn't but exist. But I think the now. funny thing now. about that is that when I see people post, like, when I was a kid, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Well, yeah, you may have gone to your friend's house without right. your parents knowing who they were or who their parents were. You might have gotten molested, too. Oh, that, you know, that's that, also that yes. But, did ha- but it did happen. But that's the fear that we have to live with now. Like, um, I might send my kid to her neighbor because she could, like... Um, Unfortunately, I mean, you just don't, I know. don't know. You just don't know. Well, so I got to go sit there and make small talk about, about not that I don't love her friend's parents and stuff. is not the point. The point <laughs> is, is that if any of you are listening, the point of it is you just can't send them to the park anymore. Be like, just go to, I mean, she's Well, five. but it's also where we live, you know? too. If well, you live true. somewhere else, you might feel a little bit safer about it. But we are way off. We're and way my off My dad going to someone else's house with me for a play date is un, would have been unheard of. My play, my play dates were at the VFW and right. my dad and his friends drinking and we I cannot in front of compare a to a screwed up life. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back to Peter. Back to mm. So Peter, tell us. All right. All this aside, what? Give us like some amazing memory from Studio Fifty Four. You know, for me, I, I, it's not that it was so amazing. Yeah. You know, you, we. I always felt great going there, and I, I used to go with the same people all the time. People that that they always knew. I remember just one day when, when there was a girl I was seeing was inside and I couldn't even get in that I was standing there and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and I'm like, you know me. Mark. Yeah. I'm always in here. You know mm-hmm. me. And finally he looked down and he said, I like your boots. I said, let me in. He said, okay. You know, it's like uh, there was a whole power thing going mm-hmm. on there. So of course, when you got in, you felt powerful. You right. felt ego risen and everything's great. And usually I was with people like, yeah, okay, we would drink, we would dance a little bit. I'm not a dancer. It was like too cool for that. So did you ever I, meet anyone amazing? No, I went upstairs and I pulled out my little green scale and I sold heroin. And, you know, and, you know, like we would hang out in the girls' room, which was huge. And um, it wasn't like, it was like a powder room outside of the bathroom, bathroom where the toilets were. And, you know, you walked around like your shit didn't stink. And that's that was the whole night. I mean, it really... Is the Mike Myers movie like a fair assessment of that? The one with Ryan Felipe and Mike Myers? Oh, my God, I've seen that. That came yeah. out in 98. Yeah, that's, I, that movie was hard to watch. Really? It was terrible. The, yeah, it wasn't a great... The documentary is better. Yeah, the documentary The new documentary is better because, it, you know, it's Stephen and, and Ian and... All of that. Um, mm-hmm. That movie was Salma Hayek, right? And, yeah. Sorry, but I mean, from a dramatized, you know, uh, standpoint. No. I was never one of those dancing boys with the little shorts, so, <laughs> so I have no idea. Wasn't and, Alec Baldwin though? He was like a bartender was or he? something. Oh my there. god! Yeah. yeah, no, I found that really hard to yeah. watch. Well, and I think too, they tried to. I remember going in the city to. Ugh, a club, and I can't think of the name right now. Like it? Xenon? No, it was over on the far west side. Um, but I remember the doorman there, I think, was trying to recreate like that attitude. Do that thing. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and it just yeah. was like, you, you can't. No, and then the 80s, the Pyramid, all those other clubs, and it was the garage. And, yeah. Know, I, I didn't go to any of those. I all didn't. right. Well, so moving on from the glam stuff, um, we had some other questions. One was more current. What is the craziest food request you've ever received on set? Okay. I mentioned this to you before. It's not a crazy. We get, most of the time, the decent people that are working will ask for something that's pretty normal or pretty apropos to what they're doing. Like right. when we when we do a movie where the, the main actor has to work out a lot, you know, where when I was cooking, I'm not cooking anymore in the truck, so that's something that, that these days I don't really know. Right. But, you know, I would prepare something for them, like just grilled chicken and something to their diet so that, you know, they were keeping within their whatever diet thing was. Um, we were doing... Um, Night at the museum mm-hmm. and shooting outside at night, summertime, in front of the museum. And there was like a big uh, biplane in the middle of the street, you know, because I think it was Amelia Earhart was mm-hmm. in the thing. And Sean Levy was the director. And so they came to me and said, Sean wants a tuna fish sandwich, but you have to cut it diagonally. You can't cut it horizontally. <laughs> I'm like, really? So I... Okay, so I mean... That's I've, just like the power of a doorman. So, that kind well, the of bigger question is, was thing. there celery in the tuna fish? <laughs> no, not my tuna fish. No. I'm a good tuna fish. But, um, so I see him sitting on a park bench, so I, I like plop down next to him. Now, I know he's like a big shot director, you know. Right. He's done a bunch of like fluffy stuff. So I sit down and I'm like, you, 
you like really don't eat like tuna fish sandwich if it's cut horizontally. <laughs> and he like looked at me, he had no idea who I was. And he looked at me and he was like, who are you? I said, I'm the guy that's making your sandwich. Yeah. And I, you know, I just can't do diagonals. Like it doesn't work for me. Oh my God. What he goes, well, if you make peanut butter and jelly, I can do diagonals. I said, do you want me to cut the bread um, crust off for you, sweetheart? <laughs> See, and he probably had a and play date that was a bad experience where they had exactly. the sandwich cut. And he, he, he said, it to me, took it into his adulthood. Yeah. He said, listen, this is, this is like from home. This is like my childhood stuff. Yeah. You know, right. basically like he looked at me and said, don't fuck with my childhood. <laughs> Right. And we ended up laughing about it. It was okay. That's cool. no problem. What about just like, is there, so that's like a, a request in like a kind of style, but is there, what's the most like exotic maybe? I don't get that. You don't they have don't, like, they don't, they don't it doesn't do it. work that You know way. what? Like we just did Army of the Dead and uh, Batista. Yeah. Dave Batista. Yeah, I mean, they just, it's all about like protein shakes, protein shakes, protein sure. shakes. I mean, he has one like every hour. Let me ask you this then, because I've been on sets long days, and you know, you sometimes that food's just sitting out there, and you're hung, you're, you're bored actually. You're just not even grazing. hungry. Yeah, you're grazing, right? Yeah, so like what the is, extras graze. What's a food that's like good for like sustaining energy throughout the day? Not, I don't mean from like a workout standpoint, but if you're just on set, anything you put out there that you know, like, oh, eat this, and you'll kind of. That's not coffee. You know, sustaining. I don't know. I don't know. Because people are going to graze. I'm going to graze. Everyone is, you know, in the background, the worst thing with the extras is when they come to the table and they have shopping bags and they start loading it up. Really? You don't know. There was a guy many years ago. We did law and order. Josh is showing up next time with shopping bags. I used to go. I used to go. No, I used to go and confiscate stuff from them. There was a guy. We called him Larry the Locks and he was an older guy. And this was back when I did Law and Order, the yeah. main one with Jerry Orbach. And, yeah. And he had like a little attache case that was plastic lined. He made it himself. And he used to come with like a, you know, one of those suit bags. Yeah. And when he came in the morning, he was an old guy. He was like the judge sometimes. He would walk by the table, take the locks platter, lift it up, slide it into his bag, and pull it out empty. Like everything. The the lettuce, tomato, the Stop. onions, the locks, all in his bag. Zip it up, the whole platter. Everything except for the actual platter. I mean, that's both a compliment and really and fucked up at the same time. That's pretty ballsy. And, and he used to leave at night. We did long days on Lauren He used to leave at night in his, <laughs> his coat bag or whatever you call that. Suit, Stink suit. like fish. No, not only that, his thing, like he used to have to drag it out because he had so, so much stuff in it. We were shooting somewhere one day and I'm sitting in the van. It's starting to drizzle, but I'm looking right at my table and I see a lady, an extra come yeah. up and she's like looking to the right, looking to the left. And we had a big box that had all the teas. She just grabbed the whole box and put it in her back and like walked away. Well, I have Did to- you wait? How do you, you said you've had to confiscate it back? Yeah, I walked out and I said, excuse me, you know. Don't do that. Please don't do that. But you know what? It is, it is amazing when you give stuff for free, and they how like much that. people will take advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've, in PR, we've given free products at a number of events, and people are animalistic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is like, they don't want one, they want five. Sure. Did, I don't know if I told you, but we're working on Salt on Park Avenue. Yeah. In front of uh, that church on 50, 50th Street, that okay. big, beautiful church. Mm-hmm. It was where they had the funeral for the Saint Russian. Bart's. Was yeah, it yeah, Saint yeah. St. Bartholomew. Yeah. It's where yeah. they had the funeral for the Russian prime Matt minister. Matt was a chef in there. Oh, really? They had a restaurant. Um, right. Yeah, they did. That's what I was going to say. I had uh, a guy knock a woman over and like like keep her on the ground for an extra bagel. I mean, it was like a madhouse to rush oh to the table to get food. Well, and, and sadly, they, it's people that can afford it who are the worst they about lose it. Lose all sense of decorum and it's, decency yeah. over. I, I literally hate I, I like hate people in those moments. I'm just like <laughs> really. See, You're I'm, I'm so. Pull it back One of my just... guys had a fight with the prime with the minister of uh, Nigeria. I Stop. came outside. He's like pounding him. I'm like, leave him alone. He's like. <laughs> The, the minister of Nigeria. He goes, no, he's a background extra, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to steal food. Oh, See, my issue is the cheese plate that they put out around like four o'clock. Oh, I used to do good cheese plates. I know, I'm sure, but I just, I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm just gonna have this piece and I'm gonna be good. And then like four minutes later, you're back at the cheese plate. Josh, I did the best. And then you're bloated from the cheese when in your, I was in, on in your costume. They did a Facebook page about my cheese board. Did they really? I would buy like, like Liddell de Claron and. Telegio and really good cheeses wow. and people would see me with the cheese board and say, Oh, it's cheese o'clock, we're gonna wrap soon. Cheese o'clock. Now when we did Wall Street, 
this is really funny. You know how I, everyone would wait for me to be like passing the cheese around when we did Wall Street. And this is a secret. I hope I don't get in trouble for this. Um, Oliver Stone was the director. Yeah. When the hookers would show up, everyone knew we were going to rap soon. Because so the hookers weren't for the movie. It was like hookers o'clock. No. Wow. Oliver. Wow. <laughs> Which is funny because they love the cheese too. Right. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wait, so what is this? Cheese. Thing? Everyone hookers. got confused. The cheese, cheese. The hookers. It was. Wow. Right. Well, that's interesting. He was. He was eating the cheese. cheese. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, so now we're gonna. You know, we also had questions more about serious stuff. The serious stuff. The darker stuff. Mm. And one of them is your best advice to parents of kids dealing with recovery? Well, first you have to know like what's going on with your kids. Um, I hit it pretty well. I didn't, I didn't really get mixed up with anything like death defying until I was out of my house. I didn't start with heroin. What was your gateway? Everything. (laughs) You know, I grew up going to the Fillmore, you know, I was there every weekend, you know. Yeah. So for us, you know, I was at the original Woodstock. I was 16. But I mean, for us, it was like, you know, um, I I didn't take opiate. I mean, uh, hallucinogenics that much. I did them when I was in high school, um, but didn't really love it. And so I guess when I was really starting out with uh, moved out of my house, I was kind of good. I just smoked weed and everything. But. As I started to deal, I think dealing weed was my gateway. Money was my gateway. Okay. And when you have money, then there's, you know, you're going to parties and there's the Coke. And when there's the Coke and you're like grinding grinding your teeth, you Mm -hmm. know, um, and then by accident you try something that's um, morphine-based, you're kind of like, (sighs) that's it. So how do parents, how should parents... Deal with it? Well, not deal with it, but, you know... Keep an eye on it, and from the beginning, or how do they know, or how? Do, yeah, how do they deal with it as, as well, they become aware? Well, you should know it? your kids. You know, uh, you should know your kids. And like for my kids, uh, I, I had a conversation with Brianna. I told her that my six-year-old son. Now I was in rehab when my my wife. I was addicted to to um, benzos, Xanax, okay, and methadone at the same time. They, they boost your methadone. And I was like, I would lose days. I'd like find myself running down the street with clothes in my hand. And I'd be like, how did I get here? Wow. That's how weird it is. And so before I could even go into rehab, although they would take me and detox me from the methadone, I had to go into the hospital to detox from the Xanax. Oh, my gosh. And my wife, um, she said, call me when you get to the hospital. And call me when you get to the rehab. And then don't call me. And, um, you know, I, you realize how much you've ruined, what wreckage you have. You know, I went through my life thinking, I'm doing this to myself. Why is everyone else like on my case? Mm-hmm. But there's so much wreckage and it... Well, and when you don't love yourself, it's hard for you to believe that anyone else really does. So well, you, you totally. just, you know... And you don't care. You don't and, care. So I don't, I don't know what to see the signs in a child because my kids were with my mother, my uh, ex-wife. I was, I was gone. But I think the question was more about if they're in recovery, if they're dealing with it, like how, first of all, they have to recognize it themselves. It's like me. Okay. I can only take it back to me. My, you know, getting arrested by my family, getting me arrested, you know, uh, being put in jail, whatever they do, unless I can recognize it and want to stop it myself, it's not going to, happen and I finally just got tired of hitting myself over the head with a two by four and and thinking that I'm going to make it through it this time you know they say insanity is repeating something over and over again sure. and the uh, expecting, expecting a different result yes and it's not but were you losing were you, what were you lo- like you had to feel like you were losing something by by putting yourself through this kind of life was there was it oh, friends yeah. family well friends i had friends in increments of years okay like i had a, i had a friends from my childhood till like 6th grade then right. i had friends and that's the way i looked at my life every 9 10 years i would start my life over again 1975 i started my life over again 1982 i started my life over again 1986 i started my life over again because I burnt my bridges with everybody else, and now I had to make new friends and but start But didn't you over go back again. to some of the old ones that were the problem? I mean, were you going? No. No? No. 
I, I always found new ones that, that had, pro- oh, better, mm-hmm. you know, you know, water finds its own level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, any anyone that's that's a junkie can go into any town in this city, in this country and find where to buy the drugs. You know it. You feel it. It's like you, it's like you twinge, you know. I live right around the corner now from a methadone clinic. I see the methadonians on the street all the time. It turns my stomach. But I know what they're going like. It's just and they're old. They're mm-hmm. like, you know. So you're, you're, you know, it's hard for you to see it then from a parent's perspective because you're the one who went through Look, it. Look, but... I told my kids, you know, I can only tell you what I went through and you've seen what I went through. My six-year-old kid supposedly in high school, in, in his six-year-old class, when they were asking what First your grade. parents did, drew a syringe on the board and said, my dad's a drug addict. Oh, jeez. And, <clears throat> you know... <laughs> it's pretty heavy to hear, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I I was clean for years. I, I opened a little store. I didn't did well, but my I wasn't right with myself for somehow. I don't know whether there was just a curse on me or whatever. But you know, the years went by, and all of a sudden, I just was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Do you think that talking to your kids, full disclosure, is a good thing? Yeah. For me, but my kids know everything about me. Yeah, I mean, me. they were there. They know it all. They it. know it all, yeah. What would you, Peter, if you could go back to your 20-something self, what would you say? Wear a condom. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, I say that all the time. Yeah. My dad used no. to say, like, wear a full-body condom. I don't want anything in this house. No. Seriously, I know. Um, you, You always think that um, you have plenty of time and time goes really fast. All of a sudden, I'm 66 years old. It's like, what the, mm-hmm. how did that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the last 15 years have been wonderful, but they've gone by really quickly. Yeah, well, and, and it now, just goes faster. Now, and faster. Now, when I have a life and an amazing wife and I can take trips and I don't have... Look, when I started this business in 2006 and it was so lucky to have people believe in me and I told you about that story mm-hmm. and how uh, I, I said, look, if I could have just at least a couple of hundred dollars plus Social Security to retire, I'll be lucky. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's like beyond my wildest dreams. Okay, mm-hmm. But I did that. I did that and I made sure that I wouldn't relapse again. I put everything into my, my life that I could as an adult now to say you can't do this anymore you can't go back there anymore and I think that for me it was just like waiting it out you know my life has turned around so much I can't believe the karma I have now sometimes I I feel like it's gonna fall away any minute now well, you're in control of that, though, right? As much as possible. I try mm-hmm. and keep in control of my health and, and to can do I, all the right things. Can I ask like a tough clarifying question of that? Because I've seen other people go through different levels of addiction. And at the same, at the, the, the people who've recovered from it, it's a mental commitment. It's not, they, there's, but you learn it, it's always recovery. When you, right. pe- people like Peter, like, it, well, that's my never question. Recovered. Is it, is it, is it just a simple, like mental decision, mental I know strength, what you mean. I know or what you mean. is the physical something that takes over more? Is it is it all contingent on like the mental commitment to that, or not? Uh, I don't want it anymore. I, I, that's I can't explain it any other way. I, I just don't have any desire for anything. I took a sleeping pill on Friday because I have been had, having trouble sleeping. Right. And the doctor said, or I try this, you know, I didn't want Ambien because I heard crazy stories about that. So she gave me something else and said, just take this dosage. I woke up Saturday morning at four in the morning. So I got six hours of sleep. Right. And like, I've been in a daze since. Yeah. My mouth has been dry. I was like, this is disgusting. Mm -hmm. Look, it's going to sound really weird, but I fly first class. Yeah. I don't want to ever go back to a living in a box. Mm-hmm. I walked down the street once in, in the 80s, in the late 80s. Now, I had a baby. Um, I, I think my wife was pregnant with my second kid, and I had this little store. And I used to walk by and see these stairs going down to, like, under, like, the sidewalk, and right. there would be a door there. And I used to think, how could I live in there, get a little refrigerator, a TV, and put some wood on top mm-hmm. and crawl back into the womb? Because this isn't working for me. I'm, I'm coming home and she's like laying out like penny loafers and khakis. And I'm like, 
the hell did I get myself? Did you want to crawl in there and do drugs again, or just? I just it was just the whole thing of like getting away, getting escaping, and so when I had the chance to have a cavity, and the doctor gave me those. Vicodins and said, take one when you feel the Novocaine wear off. I took five before I left the office. Oh, God. Right. Did he? Did your dentist know your... No, I don't tell him. Of course, and he wouldn't give it to me. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm that's not stupid. <laughs> so you mentioned wearing a condom, which made me think. You were doing heroin. Were you sh- using a needle? Because... For many years... The, listen, when I, the first time I ever did heroin, I thought it was cocaine. I sniffed it. Okay. And, and I thought, oh, this isn't as dirty as I thought it was. It's not so disgusting, right. you know. You know, I was raised like a, you know, clean. You know? Yeah. My mother was Martha Stewart, for Christ's sake. Not really. But um, eventually so I got there. You were shooting it. Oh, yeah, eventually so I was skin- were you worried just, about HIV? I mean, that was, a, I mean, you're doing that in the um, 80s, the peak, right? That's, uh, before the, really? before that was, it was like really at the beginning of it. Right. But here's the deal. Because of the way I was raised, I'm mm-hmm. really anal. Ask anybody. My dad, when I was smoking a cigarette in the house, every time I tipped an ash, he would take it and wash the ashtray and bring it back. Wow. You know, I really grew up in a house that was like, I had to clean my bathroom. I had my own bathroom in my bedroom when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So you were a sanitary drug addict. Yes. I would boil my own works. So you weren't sharing needles No, never. Oh, okay. Never. And I would boil my own because I wasn't afraid of HIV. I was afraid of hepatitis. Yeah, because so, at the time it, you weren't as aware of HIV. So I really was very lucky. Right. Yeah. No, because we talked about Gia, and I mean, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she got and it. They, well, because, you know, I, think, I could I think have gotten it. She also was raped, it. but I think it was through the needles. That I'm she's pr- I don't know. It. I know. Do but look, st- I, I, I am very lucky. By the grace of God, go I, I guess. You know, because yeah. I, I am sure there were times that I was so sick, waiting and waiting and waiting for that guy to like finally hit the corner or the get home, you know, you'd be calling him all day and say, where is he? I'm, I'm so sick and, you know, bring me, you know, my connection that if he came over and said, here, this is all I got, I'll, I'll go off first and then you can go after me, I probably would have done it, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I'd be dead. Wow. Do you still, I mean, or do you, I mean, does, is therapy play into your life now or had no. it ever, did it ever you, I mean, like, play a part? Yeah, I, I went, to therapy for a while it didn't nothing so you've actually i didn't take I'm, it seriously this is what i'm talking about about the mental strength thing i mean whatever demons you had that you know contributed to this is is this mental decision that you must of how you're going to deal with it whatever's in your head you know what josh right? I, I, or am i wrong for me for me it was all about confidence and self-confidence and fear of failure and fear of success fear of maybe making it and losing it right away because I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I could never do anything with absolute confidence. I feel because like... I didn't prepare myself. And I hate to say this, but it's true. I, I, got a, I got a kid that's 16 years old and he's at school and he's at a really good technical Brooklyn Tech. And yeah. they give him a lot of work. He's a junior. It's the toughest year. He's so smart. Specialty. He's so smart. Yeah. And it's so hard for him to get motivated. And... I look at him, I'm like, oh, God, it's like looking in a mirror. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, what you just said, whenever there is um, someone, a a singer or an actor who struggles with drug addiction, that's usually what they say. They never felt felt like they were good enough. Like those, you know, comedians, too. You know, it's it's a lot of, it's like self-loathing and not believing in who you are and, you know, that makes you feel better. These people that gave me a shot have no I mean they do know because some of them I'm close with now the producers but at the time they had no idea what they were doing for me what they did for right. me saved my life well you said life. that last time that their confidence is what helped turn you around and now I have to sit down with my partner and come up with bonuses for our people and we're going to be giving out close to sixty, seventy thousand dollars in bonuses because we have a lot of people working for us and I'm so appreciative for them right. and uh, right you know, how can I blow that? To me, that's like, you know, that's it. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, the the road ended a long time ago and, and this is a much better road to be on. All right. Well, here's another question. Did you do anything or do you do anything now in charity for homeless or drug rehabs since, uh, you know, you lived that life at one time and for a while, a while I would go back to my old house when I went to Samaritan, I would go back 
And then it got to be, you didn't know anybody there anymore. So it was kind of strange. Uh, coming About to 12 Phoenix. Steps and all that stuff Did and talking and speaking. House? I went there twice. Okay. Do you do anything with them? Not now. No. No. But what I do is for the company, we do stuff. Um, Harry Lennox, who was on Blacklist, got in touch with us about uh, when there was the Puerto Rican hurricane. Right. And we donated a lot of food. We did a whole lot of stuff for them. One day, we the police, usually they'll, around Christmas time, we do the, the toys for tots with the with the NYPD. Right. And St. Jude's, you mentioned. Yeah, well, I do personally, St. Jude's. Yeah. Those kids, just, it's it's horrible what I see them going through and how strong they are. Yes. Um, you ever see the friends. Shiners commercial? The what? The Anything new, with the, kids. The one for the I, Shriners, I, the no. one that's on the air now. If you watch CNN, which I've been like watching religiously over this whole president stuff, right? They um, sponsor the Love Shriners, and these kids just like tear you up. Yeah. yeah, I have two friends right now whose kids are going through different, you know, uh, cancer situations, and I watch it and I read about it on a weekly basis, and it's just like you know, it's just. It's frightening. Talk but about strength. Supportive yeah. and strength. Talk I about strength. Our kids are so strong. Too. Oh my god! I think they're so much stronger than we would be. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. volunteered once at the Ronald McDonald House. Yeah. And Ella was like two or three at the time. I went home and held that little girl, like, because I, yeah. I, you know, the families yeah, are yeah, there, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you hear how long they've been there. It's like, yeah. uh, listen, I got to tell you, I'm a, I'm like Cut a wuss rich. now. I all the stuff that I did in my life. <laughs> I watch cartoons. I cry. It's I like do, crazy. Yeah. My wife and I will lay in bed watching a movie and the TV is like on my side of the room <laughs> so that she doesn't see me. But she knows because my body's like jumping <laughs> and I'm She's watching. Like, she goes, you're crying over that? And I'm like, it's Daffy well, but Duck. Don't you see it's Daffy Duck. <laughs> well, you know, and it's, it's hard because I my father uh, is bipolar alcoholic mm. and my entire I mean I have some memories that, from my childhood that children shouldn't have um, but and, what do you do with those what have you done with those uh, they affected I mean, you I've in been any to way? therapy yeah okay. but I mean I also think a lot of what I went through made me who I am today as far as being strong enough to move here by myself mm -hmm. you know um, and my father, when I was a senior in high school, had a breakdown and that's when it was discovered he was bipolar and he was medicated and for years he was, you know, leveled out, mm -hmm. but you know, he ended up drinking later in Shit life happens. and fell down and s seriously hurt himself. And now he's in the vet's home and mm. his body is a mess. And we talked about, you and I talked about like yeah. your body. I, you're I'm struggling petrified too. to be honest with you, because this is the first time in my life that I have everything that I could want. Everything that I could want, I, I, I look at my wife and I'm like, oh my God, how did this happen? That I'm you know so lucky. You, and I just, every ache and pain, I'm like, I'm dying. But you know what? You recognize and appreciate it. I love my father, but I don't know, and it could be the bipolar piece. Like, I don't know that he ever, when he was in a good place as far as Medicaid, mm -hmm. I don't know that he ever really like looked around and was like able to truly appreciate that regardless of what me and my brothers may have witnessed, we were all pretty good kids. We mm -hmm. all like, you know, we're all self-sufficient. We're all pretty successful. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that he's ever really been but, able to appreciate like you're appreciating. And But I'm not bipolar. No, that's what I'm saying. I and, know people that are. And yeah, it's pretty. But wicky, my point but. of this was that my entire life he was a big tough marine mm. and my brother and i talked about this and oh, he always said he was not afraid of anything and yeah. da -da. and then he got um cancer throat cancer mm. from smoking right. and then suddenly that big marine got really afraid of dying mm -hmm. and right. and in that moment i was like but you can't you can't be afraid right. like you're not supposed you're to not allowed guy. to do that right. to me but you're not allowed to do it to me because i begged you to stop smoking my entire life yeah that's like saying and, i told you so and that's like yeah i just thing I, no i just need you to be tough i need you <laughs> right. to be that yeah. person that told you told me you could be in this moment you right. know right. um so i could echo a lot of that with my own dad but yeah yeah yeah, so maybe it's just a dad thing. I don't know. I, don't what know. Scares me I was about very that. close to my dad, and when he knew that he was pretty much on the way out, he was only 76, and the last time I saw him was in Arizona, and, and when I hugged him goodbye, it was not like, I'm never going to see you again goodbye, but we both knew it. I mean, at this point, he had an oxygen tank, and he had it walking around with it in his nose, and he hated it. Um 
And if his heart was so enlarged that they could do nothing anymore. So he just, it was a waiting game. It just tore me apart. When he started to really go downhill and my mom would call me and I could hear the ice in her glass because she was drinking and drinking. And and she was like, he's like um, in dementia now in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you recognize me? And he'd be like, yes, I recognize you. But he was like way out of it. And I was like, this is going to sound really messed up. But I get off the phone and say, just die already. Yeah. Because I can't stand to hear that my dad is doing is going through all this. Yeah, and, and this is very close to Josh because you what your dad passed not even a year yet. Yeah, eleven months ago. Eleven months ago. We were close to him. We were close in our yeah. in our you know unique ways. But mm-hmm. uh, what what struck a chord with me was that like probably a year before, like I've always been like a chubby guy, you know, and I go through my weight you are? changes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he just it's likes endearing. cheese. It's endearing. But uh, I was like at his house and I was like in the fridge. He was in the kitchen. And I'm like just like eating out of yeah. the fridge, like yeah, yeah. leftover Chinese food or something like that. And he looked at me and he's like, he's like, you're going to stop eating? Like just at a link. And I said, I'll stop eating when you stop smoking. Oh, uh-huh. did, right? I, did, I don't think I knew your dad smoked. Well, I mean, he smoked a pipe for uh, forever. He in his in his mm. car, he had that smell. That pipe yeah. smell was my dad's. In fact, I just told my mom, like, did you find dad's pipes? And she said, yeah. I said, just it's keep a few. I want to hold it's on. It's kind to of a it. nice smell. It mm-hmm. is. But my friends used to tease me all the time. He's smoking pot out of that all the time. I'm like, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, he moved to cigarettes. But he knew it bothered us. But he would smoke it secretly outside, you know, cigarettes. So I said to him, I was like, I'll stop. You know, matter of fact, don't tell me not to eat you stop smoking i'll stop eating you know and sure as shit like uh you know a year after that he probably got diagnosed mm. <clears throat> with cancer that was related to smoking oh, was it and uh and now here i am because i never smoked i've never smoked a cigarette I, and i was but i grew up in a house and a mm-hmm. family where everybody smoked so i'm like watch though i'll be the one to, to go and come down to something like that or something from being somebody who's like you know always kind of like eating whatever that'll be the thing that like you know like I just had a physical in the end of May or beginning of June, and the doctor said at the end, he goes, look, everything looks good. They did an EKG, the whole deal. Did the blood work. He said, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go have a CAT scan on your chest. Yeah. It'll save your life. Yeah. Everybody. So I I was like, what? What? What'd you find? And he was like, nothing. I want to save your life. I went for the five, six days after I went for it. Freaking out. I was like, okay, yeah. you know the guy on TV that sells you the life insurance that never goes up, mm-hmm. you know, and you get the, for your final costs? I was like, where is that guy? You know, well, Joe Namath. But they came back, they said, you're good, you're clear. They, well, this is yeah. what I've been saying, is this tough guy mentality, you know, because my dad was like a little bit of a tough guy. He had like bronchitis twice in like two years. And I was like, that just seems weird, you know, like you're, yeah. A, you're getting older, B, you smoke, and you get bronchitis twice in two years. Like... The first time you should have got that cat's getting on. So yeah. to everybody out there, it's like if you're tired for no reason, if things are hurting that you used to hurt, all the yeah. time. Go, go get checked out. Right. There's no, there's no men, merit men, in men being a Men are not good guy. at going to doctors. No, no but not. go. Yeah, go. no, no. Just but go. I just went recently, but now I'm tired all the time. Yeah. Well, and my dad, too, like he doesn't tell us. Like yeah. when Who he, wants when to? he had, No, but even when he had a serious fall... Nobody told, like, we had to hear about it through the grapevine. Like, he is always like, it's so funny because he now has this mentality of he's protecting us. And I'm like, motherfucker, you didn't protect me when I needed it. Like, don't protect me now. You know what I said? I went to the doctor. uh, I was like, like, listen, my dad had prostate cancer, got better from it, and then had other cancers later on. Um, What what am I looking for here? You know, like, can you do some tests? I was like, I want the the blood test. I want the CAT scan. I want the MRI. I want the finger. I I want the the hand in the ass. I want you to reach around up there and feel what's going on. Going on him, and he's you like, I'm not that? doing it. I, I begged him. That's he said, the deluxe no. package. I, I only got the finger, <laughs> and that was rough. I wanted the full <laughs> forearm. He wouldn't yeah. even oh, back. I got the there. cough. I said, I haven't had this done since I was in camp. Well, wait, Josh, <laughs> and that was by the kid that was I in the front next least, to me. But you, you, but high school was great. You didn't have anything wrong because someone checked. Oh my god, have you had a colonoscopy? Uh, I have. I did. But I, I did that. Did. It was. It's I okay. was looking forward to it because I. They could. I. Somebody said, Yeah, they give you a cocktail. Oh, that, I, whatever I, you drink no. is awful. No, 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 no. When they when they shoot you to put you to sleep. Oh, that. Yeah. And I was, I said, well, okay, so I'm gonna feel high for like at least a second or Before two. Before you fall asleep. And the guy said, count backwards, yeah, and I was like, ten, yeah. nine, nine out. eight. He goes, we're done. 
I'm like, I just got to eight. He goes, no, 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 no. You you stopped at nine. Whenever, right. whenever we're done. Somebody, I said, do it again. Well, yeah. Whenever when I, I take that stuff, I fall immediately in love with the person who give who gives it to me. I'm I, like, oh my god. You see, the thing with a colonoscopy is you get you I get your uh, you're out cold. Yeah. I had a procedure where I was having digestive issues, and they don't put you oh, out cold. And, and, and they, they no through what, the, the back GI, side. GI so they only go in like a couple of like a like a little bit. It was the most painful thing. Oh, but that's because. They use one of those Polaroid cameras. Right. I don't know. They were up there. It was like the whole office was up there. You know? yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he's like, just around one more corner. I'm like, make the left. Make the left. Get it out of me. Okay. It was so yeah, painful. We're really going. So yeah. What are we talking about now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Get your prostate check. All right. Um, no. I mean, I think I, unless there's anything else that you would like to share with our audience, Peter, I think that. Um, no, I, I just. Uh, look, I'm grateful. Back in front That's of that mic, Peter. Say. What? Get back right in front of this man. Yes. I feel like that guy on BLS. Yes. <laughs> there were nights when I, when I was... your club and concert calendar. <laughs> there were nights when I'd be out selling those hot dogs that I'd get finished and I would find a place on like 9th Avenue at like 4.30 in the morning and I would sit in there and have like a donut and coffee or something and this... I got it. They would play that station, and they would be like, "This is so and so the night owl." <laughs> well, and Peter, in that you moment, play like King Pleasure, Mood for Love, in, or something. In that moment, when you're selling hot dogs, all right, um, and no. you probably are just really happy to have the money to buy that donut and have a couple, whatever. Like, weren't you like? No, I, I was waiting want... so I could pay the guy and then go up to the Bronx and cop. And maybe have enough money for a, a room in the YMCA on 34th Street, which is now a condo, and go into that cocoon, and my life sucked. That's the bottom line. It, it sucked. Mm -hmm. For many, 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 many years, it sucked. So and, fine. So and so there's no silver lining here and, and all the Studio 54 stuff, and, and that's before I ever got really bad. Right. That's at the beginning when it all seems very glamorous, and you hear that Keith Richards is having his blood changed in Switzerland, and, <laughs> and you know, Paul McCartney shot heroin, which is, you know, bullshit. I mean, it's all... You you justify it by oh well these people did it so yeah. it can't be that bad yeah but it's so bad. how do you not let your past define you what would you tell other people about like not oh I, what was that thing on that that what's that movie about um, my big fat Greek wedding where mm -hmm. he, he tells his sister something like that don't let your past define who you are and he's like that that dear Abby sure knows her stuff you. I am a product of my past, I, without a doubt. I am a product of my past. So it may, that's what makes me grateful for my life today. And, you know, everybody that's in my life today. And if you don't, if you hang out with, with people that are, are bad influences, you're going to end up going that way. I do not put myself in harm's way anymore. Mm -hmm. I did for a while. If I would see somebody hanging out on Avenue A in front of the clinic, I'd be like, oh boy, a biscuit would be really nice. Oh yeah, you want some? I would do it to put myself in harm's way. Right. There's none of that in So it, it's not as simple for your story to say, find your confidence. It, but it, it might be simple enough to say, you know, be aware, be open to the fact when other people are having confidence in you and mm -hmm. believe in that and trust that and then find your confidence. Well, that's how I, I found it. You know, everyone else, you know, for years told me what potential I had. I said, where is it? Give it to me. I, you know, can I swallow it? Right. And that, that's another thing. When you, you do heroin, you really do feel like you have confidence for that period. You know, you're taking great pictures. You're doing great things. You're really talking really cool. And, uh, but it's, it, you know, it's gone, when, you know, after a while, this is sustaining everything in my life now is sustaining and I have good days. I have bad days, but All right. I don't good. worry about being evicted. Well, True. thank you for well, spending is, today this with This is us. a good day. And yeah. You, for you thank coming you. back and before Thanksgiving and the Now holidays. you got me scared. I'm tired all the time. No, oh, but if oh you want to go, you want to go to my doctor later, we could argue with him and have <laughs> we'll, him we'll get We'll plan on there. giving no. weekly updates on Peter's uh, condition <laughs> on the show. No. Check, checking in with Peter's. And, and his colonoscopy. <laughs> Peter's colonoscopy. And Brianna just dropped my phone again. <laughs> again. Great. Uh, no, great. Well, this, we'll just make that a segment. We'll be okay, like, we'll get you on the phone. Oh, yeah, we don't do call-ins anymore. Peter, do your social media handles for us. 
service at Marshark? Uh, Marshalkcraft.com. Facebook is Marshalkcraft Service. Instagram, Marshalkcraft Service. Check YouTube, Marshalkcraft. They're on every set in New York. Do you do LA too? No, and I'm not on every set. I'm not the biggest in New York. I think we are. Our I'm just going to say it the best. Quality, but you are. Peter, but, what's your favorite food at Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, I, I just told my wife, let's go and get some like turkey sandwiches. <laughs> that see stuffing. I'm my wife stuffing is from Taiwan. Me. They don't do oh, Thanksgiving. Do you know this Taiwan. year? I said to my wife, I was like, I know we're going to like two big things. I said, I want to go. We're gonna go to the store. We're gonna get a turkey leg. We're gonna make the stuffing the way I like it done. And like, and I'm just gonna have that in the house. So wherever we go, I'm sure it's good and delicious. I want my version of my yeah, stuff. My sister stuffing. used to do. And she still does. I don't know. I'm, she's in Connecticut, but she used to like print the menus. She's such a great cook wow. for her Thanksgiving. Um, really great. Like, but by the time you'd finish, you didn't want to drive home. Yeah. Because it's like everybody well, lays in bought, front of the I just bought new sweatpants for Thursdays. Oh, yeah. Elastic band, baby. Oh my God! All that tryptophan. Oh, all right. All right. Well, we're right. Jobs Blow Podcast at Jobs Blow Podcast on all social media. Jobsblowpodcast.com. And we just updated the website again with links for all of our guests, so that you can check out more information on them, including some of the recent guests we've had who have shows coming up. You can buy tickets. Uh, yes, for, please. It's, with a little help, it's John Belushi. Gift guide. Gift guide. Gift guide. Buy, buy. They're all small. Lots of small businesses. Let's support them. That's part of this too. So please, yes, check out our social media and you can see some of those businesses. Great holiday gift ideas. Just check it out. Uh, thanks again to Michelle A. Augustine for sponsoring us, the Comic Strip Live. I'm Mr. Josh Hyman, at Mr. Josh Hyman on all my social and website. You are... At Brie Haas One uh, on such Instagram. Such a great accomplishment for me to hear you say <laughs> that. And uh, thank you so much. To, uh, review, subscribe, share. Let us know if you have more questions about other guests. Maybe we'll have somebody else join us yes. again. And we'll have to say we hope Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving since this show will air. Unless we like just, we just like air, like let's just post it tomorrow. Yeah, no, Jack's no, got things right. to do. Hope you had a good oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, and Jack, Jack will play us out with one of his songs. Oh, because What's he's, his band, Man Manta? Yeah, he's got, and he's a great musician too, so. And he's performing um, at Arlene's Grocery, I want to say, right. the first weekend in December. That's still there? Um, yes. And yes. check me out at Drunk Shakespeare through the end of the year. A lot of shows, holiday shows. Uh, check my website and just check the schedule. Let me know and I'll let you know when I'm on. And it's a good time. Good laughs. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. You're gonna be alright. You're gonna be